0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from my flagship station, WSB, in Atlanta, Georgia, and all over the state of Georgia. And because of that, we've been doing something a little different. Uh, we've invited all of the candidates who are running in the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate in uh, from Georgia. We've had some on from other states as well, from Ohio, Pennsylvania, and the like. But wanted to really focus on Georgia. One, I'm here, and two, it's if we pick up Georgia, we win control of the U.S. Senate. So we've heard from Kelvin King, we've heard from Josh Clark, we've heard from Latham Sadler. Today, in studio for this hour, I've got the Commissioner of Agriculture of Georgia, Gary Black, joining me. Thanks for being here.
1: Eric, good to be with you and all your listeners, and uh, look forward to this. going to be a great visit. So now, just out of the gates,
0: first of all, uh, I want to get you to give your background. And if you would, kind of explain, what does the Ag Commissioner do in Georgia?
1: Sure, Eric. I live on the farm. My dad purchased in 1969 up in Commerce, so we we, we never farmed for a living, but it was the way I, I was raised. I, I, I thought was,
0: Commerce was an outlet
1: mall. Yeah, well, it still <laughs> still is. It, it's an outlet for wonderful Simmental Angus cattle. and I've got five bulls for sale right now. So anybody want to call? Uh, we'll, we'll post <laughs> the number later. But uh, um, we're we're up there. Uh, Lydia and I uh, we've we've been married for 39 years. Just celebrated a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we we raised our kids there. Uh, it's been fortunate. It's where I where I grew up. We moved back after my first part of my career was at Farm Bureau, and and uh, then had a opportunity to work with largest part of my uh, most part of our, my career, George Agribusiness Council. And so we we moved back up there in 1993, and we still the things that we do on the land, we still do for real. That's my golf and my fishing and my. Uh, other things, it's just we we raise beef cattle, and then we have a good time. We're in, uh, active at Maysville Baptist Church up there in a the wonderful church family. But other other than that, I am traveling the state to have my whole uh, entire forty uh, year career in ag somewhere. Uh, Liable to be somewhere as a, as much as somewhere else uh, during the well, day. You know,
0: l- let me. I, I'm I'm going to, to a degree, ambush this conversation a little bit out of the gate because I knew you were farm. I didn't realize it was beef. Can you speak just a little bit about uh, as a farmer? Yeah. I keep reading that the. The butchery and stuff; those costs keep going up, and you, as the farmer, cattle farmer, you're not seeing a lot of the increases in the prices.
1: Right, that, that, those margins are still real thin, and I, I think that's where we've got a really good opportunity in Georgia. It's been the most the hottest topic in my office the last seven, eight years. Is we need expanded processing capabilities here in Georgia. We, we've had a lot of small. I regulate about a hundred and. Forty establishments in Georgia, but some of those have begun beginning to go by the wayside. Nobody else in the family wants to pick them up, but yet at the same time as we promote, we've promoted our Georgia grown brand. Uh, for my uh, that we've started from from scratch uh, twelve years ago. People want to buy Georgia-grown beef, Georgia-grown pork, and we're seeing a great demand now for more local processing to come back. I think you're going to see some of those businesses grow that's and good, flourish. I'm one of those,
0: by the way. I would much prefer to buy local, whether it's a brisket or a, yeah. a Boston butt or something sure. for a local a- farm.
1: Absolutely. My, my daughter and son-in-law have a great business called Texca Farm. I They're, didn't realize
0: that, was it? My gosh, I follow them on Instagram. I'm about to put in an order with them.
1: No, that's 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 my daughter. I had no son-in-law. idea that was your daughter. Yeah, yeah, and they do a fantastic job, uh, but there are others that, that do the same thing. And that's where we've we've got to, as beef producers uh, you know take advantage of more of the dollar. how How can we more of the keeping more of the dollar here at home mm-hmm. as opposed to just being a price taker and say, "What will you give me for something at the end of of your marketing season?" taking more part of that value? and we've we've been through the department. Uh, we've we've uh, been encouraging and then working with the different groups that have an interest in building. And plus, when we, uh, the aftermath, maybe we talk about Hurricane Michael today, some of the things we did mm-hmm. the, with, that, with respect to that. But in the aftermath of Hurricane Michael, we had about $7.8 million left of, of funds that were supposed to go to uh, cleaning up Georgia forests. That I uh, was successful last year in getting the General Assembly to repurpose that money through a uh, – a banking institution that uh, I am chairman of the board of I, that's one of my jobs I'm chairman of the board of a 180 million dollar bank uh, and that uh, that provides no ca- working capital and and uh, for uh, for the for the industry but that new uh, 7 7.8 million dollar fund is to expand food processing uh, and on farm processing and we're uh, we're busy we've got a board meeting tomorrow we may have a loan to, uh, to, Love to say we could approve a loan for that tomorrow, but we're going to see that's going kind to of what it's going to take to get more value into the farmer's pocket rather than just being a, you know, a basic, what will you give me? Uh, I, I, there's great opportunity for smaller producers actually to capture more of that dollar and keep it here at home.
0: You mentioned uh, Hurricane Michael. One of the things I have heard, and what I've, I've, i mean, the, the documentation is there, the rate of farmer suicides in South yep. Georgia Going up after the devastation of Hurricane yep. Michael and the delay in federal funds, yep. uh, how for those listening out outside the state, this hurricane came through Georgia. It's what 19, 8, or, 19, 8, 2018, It's eighteen, uh, and just devastated South fall, Georgia. Fall,
1: fall of eighteen, of course, we had Cat Five, Cat Four hurricane hit Donaldsonville, Georgia, Southwest Georgia uh, corner, uh, unprecedented first time ever. The thoughts that we have a cat. Right. For coming and, and a two hundred fifty mile swath all the way up to really to Augusta, uh, we were. Uh, I can remember it uh, being. Uh, first, let's we'll uh, paint the picture of Michael in a second. Mm-hmm. Talking about mental health, it has been something we've been concerned about. But it's but it's always agriculture is a high pressure job. Uh, it, it's uh, there you have to be a a, a literally a a a, a a a veterinarian, an, an accountant, a, a commodity specialist, and a uh, High tech equipment uh, technician, plus about a thousand other jobs, and you put put the pressures on people. It, it has it has been one of those uh, occupations. It's always been tough for people to handle. But when you get into you know ch- challenges in the world market, uh, then we have a, a storm like Michael. It did put a, a lot of extra pressure on our farm families. That uh, was uh, that I've been able to been blessed to come alongside a lot of those. Sit with them in the home in their home and and pray with them over the phone during a frost and mm-hmm. uh, during all all those kind of weather events that farmers face. That's been one of the blessings of doing this job is actually to be able to minister to people too. And I know you you're sensitive to that in, mm-hmm. in your work. Uh, but Hurricane Michael, uh, when it hit, uh, uh, we we knew it was bad. I was in the uh, uh, one of the roles again at the Department of Agriculture. We have enormous responsibility during. A disaster preparedness and response, and emergency management in the aftermath of a, of a of a big activity like that. I've got responsibility for for fuel. I have responsibility for when the power goes off and uh, food institutions need to get back up. They don't get up unless we make sure the food's safe. But also it. It was really clear early on that this was going to be the most devastating thing that ever him impacted production, agriculture, and landowners, our forest products. Do you know, in the aftermath of hurricane, uh, if, we, if we could have got every pine tree that was blown over, if we could have got it on a trailer and to market, which we couldn't, but how many log trucks would that have been, Eric? I have no idea. 1.2 million log trucks. Wow. That's how much pine timber we lost. Wow! And so uh, we uh, we uh, worked with the president. Uh, I remember I was um, with President Trump on Monday after the storm really started. Stop blowing on Thursday with Secretary Purdue over the weekend. We were in helicopters. We couldn't do anything, but we could get B-roll. I had. Uh, had to, had our camera people plus GoPros on the front of the Georgia Forestry Commission helicopters getting B-rolls so that folks in Atlanta could actually see the devastation, and many of, much of that ran across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it got back to putting the, the relief packages together. What we did was unprecedented, and in, in really in the history of an agriculture disaster, we administered a state block grant. So the federal government actually appropriated the money to the state's. To administer, we're the only state that had ours in on time. The only state to ever uh, really reconfigure the way disaster relief would come uh, for uh, for uh, for U.S. farmers, and we did so. Uh, unfortunately, President Trump had has, had his swamp too. Secretary <laughs> t- Secretary uh, Perdue had his swamp. It took us thirteen months to get the money, but once we did, we had uh, we had the money in, in Georgia farmers' hands and those families in just fifteen weeks. So we did some very creative things. There were some silver linings that came out of it, but uh, overall, I think uh, most the health of uh, most uh, mental health is always tough. And but I but we I hope some of that's begun to recover. Uh, but the uh, the financial health uh, had had a couple uh, of decent years. Uh, COVID was a, was a strange year because mm-hmm. we thought we were yeah. going to lose a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. All of us stayed home, and the, and the demand was higher ever at the grocery store. And fruit and vegetable actually came out pretty good. Uh, but uh, then we uh, uh, we have uh, Chinese tariffs, and that really knocks a hole in the bo- in the bottom of uh, what happened uh, with our uh, right. l- nation leading pecan industry. So there's always ups and downs in, in ag. Uh, I've often said that uh, I'm absolutely convinced that Charles Dickens was a farmer <laughs> because in the Tale of Two Cities he said right. it is the best of, the best times, of times, the times and it is the worst of times, and that seems like it's uh, most any year. It's a little bit of both.
0: Challenging. <laughs> now I I, I want to. Get into your bio a little bit here. We have got a few minutes before commercial break. How did you get into politics to begin with? Before you even get to ag commissioner, how, how did you get involved?
1: Interesting because uh, this was a job I didn't ever I never intended to do. Uh, kind of like not, me in radio, I do it, and uh, and and pretty much like this other thing that we're talking about too. Mm-hmm. Uh, came a time that became a leadership call, and 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 uh, and at that time I was prepared, and and uh, folks trusted me to do this job for three times. And I'm I'm blessed by that. Uh, but it goes back to the University of Georgia. I was going to be a, a teacher of agricultural education. I was scheduled the, fall, the uh, winter quarter of 80 to uh, uh, go to uh, uh, Forsyth County High School and be a student teacher. I was going through an a, a, uh, organization, if you will, on North Campus at the University of Georgia that required an initiation. And during that process, a gentleman came up to me and said, what are you doing next quarter? I said, I'm teaching, uh, I'm going to be student teaching. He said, no, you're not. I said, really, what am I going to be doing? He said, you're going to be interning on the Senate Committee for Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry under Chairman Herman Talmadge. Huh. I said, well, that's awesome, but uh, like, I don't know him, nor do I even know you. He <laughs> said, you let me handle that. I learned the details a week later, and one quarter, I interned on the Senate Committee of Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry for Senator Herman Talmadge. Wow. And I actually got to write some papers, pour water for the senators during a meeting, uh, tote the mail, pick up the trash and do whatever I was asked to do. And I tried to listen. And there's no doubt that changed the trajectory of what I was doing. I, I never taught. I did go back to student teach that fall, but then I had a chance to go to work for Farm Bureau, which has a, you know, a, a legislative area. I was not in that group. I was in the Young Farmer Leadership Development Program. I ran it for, you know, uh, often, uh, components of it up for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I uh, started a little business, and, uh, and that that worked really good. It was actually a precursor to Georgia Grown, and then uh, I was uh, called in on uh, uh, in 1989 to be president of the Georgia Agribusiness Council, and that's where, for, for 21 years, I was basically working to make sure that uh, the government stayed off the back of farmers and producers and manufacturers involved in agriculture, and we had a very blessed career there, both in Washington and, in, and here in, in Atlanta. I just finished my 33rd a session of the Georgia General Assembly in some capacity. Never, never they were voting, mm-hmm. but I was making sure those folks uh, that were punching red and green that they were punching green at the right time and red at the right time when it came uh, to issues affecting agriculture.
0: I'm talking to Agriculture Commissioner Gary Black. He's running for the U.S. Senate here in Georgia. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, I, I gotta, I gotta ask the controversial subject: Is Georgia really the Peach State, or should we be calling ourselves the Blueberry State? Ooh. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know, I used to have a great business sense and love to invest, and it just got overwhelming. And I've been looking to get back into it. And y'all, I have tried the different companies. Y'all know the companies I'm talking about out there. And I settled on SoFi for a lot of reasons. And now I'm actually happy to tell you about them as a podcast advertiser. I'm happy they came on board because I came on board them before this. And I really like it, and one of the reasons I like it is because it's gotten so complicated. With all the jargon out there, you got meme stocks, altcoin, you got shilling for different stocks, you don't know who you can trust. Uh, With SoFi, you can actually get into investing stocks, ETFs, crypto, retirement planning. You get all the IRA options, whether SEP, traditional, or Roth. You don't get commissions on trading stocks and ETFs. You get no account fees or hidden fees. You can use fractional shares that start as low as $5 to buy brand-name stocks, even if you don't have a couple thousand dollars lying around you can get started for cheap with SoFi putting your money in and watching it grow over time now listen you get hands-on with active investing you can let SoFi's number one ranked automated investing tool their robo advisor take the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio they've got it all there it's easy to use I've been using it I love the interface it's intuitive if I can do it you can do it cut through the jargon make investing easy with SoFi. Go to SoFi.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SoFi.com slash Eric, dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Well, there is some breaking news I need to get to real quick here. Uh, Ukraine is announcing it has repelled the Russian incursion into the Sumy region in southern Ukraine, which is actually a really big, big strategic gain. Uh, Humorously, the Reuters picture of the Ukrainian soldiers shows them holding paintball guns. I'm realizing that in the picture. Nonetheless, uh, big breaking news here. Uh, I am joined in studio this hour by Georgia Commissioner of Agriculture, Gary Black. He's running for the U.S. Senate. And uh, as I said, I told you, I mean, these, are, these aren't tough questions, but substantive questions. I, Georgia's the peach state, and yet, as I understand it, we produce a whole lot
1: more blueberries these days. By, by law, it is. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a... Uh, It goes back a long time. Uh, We actually are the third leading producer of peaches. Uh, California's first, South Carolina's second. Uh, California produces 20 times more than we do. But, unfortunately, uh, if there are any California listeners, uh, but certainly for our Georgia listeners in here in the southeast, always know uh, Georgia peaches are 20 times better. Yes, they are. Uh, If you want to buy cardboard, then uh, have at it. But uh, our, our uh, lost a few. Let's uh, last freeze, uh, last frost kind of bit this the, the early season peaches. But I mm-hmm. talked to uh, uh, I was with uh, House Agriculture Committee Chairman Robert Dickey uh, Saturday night, and his uh, harvest is about to start. And uh, there's nothing nothing better than and Dickey peaches when they come along and a lot of our other middle Georgia producers they they, they do a great job it's a great product but still the moniker but uh, but we're we're you know we're in a strong third place we
0: we'll, we will we will be down at Dickey Farms I'm sure at some point my wife what is it the Alberta peach is her favorite yeah. thing on the planet
1: still a uh, still a sought after uh, but a lot of new varieties that's a, got a great relationship the peach industry does with the University of Georgia and that's that's one of their key responsibilities over in Athens is uh, making sure we got new varieties for the next generation of producers, and certainly there've been some in, in peach and pecan and blueberry. Mm-hmm. But we're in we're in a blueberry business purely because of the success of the University of Georgia. It was the breeders in Griffin, Dr. Scott Neesmith, a great uh, doctor blueberry, mm-hmm. who developed the, uh, the 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 basic uh, plant material uh, that that was more suitable for Georgia's climate, and uh, that's that's over thirty years ago and. Now we still uh, we're st- still the industry's still growing. If we can ever just jump through each of these little spring, these uh, right. late uh, winter and early spring freezes, we would we would lead the nation in blueberry. But sometimes the Lord's uh, keeping us humble uh, from so, the standpoint got, of blueberries, peaches, pecans, peanuts. Yeah. Lead the uh, nation in pe- lead the nation in this, uh, Eric. Uh, first is poultry by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 peanut we lead the nation in peanut. We lead the nation in forest product production. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people think it's out west or somewhere. No, 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 it's Georgia with our, our wonderful renewable uh, forests here in Georgia with, with Southern Yellow Pine and, and the new varieties there that uh, that are uh, for building materials and lots of other things. Actually, we're, we're shipping, uh, you know, still doing pellets that, that go into energy and production in the EU. They're coming from from Georgia uh, G- Georgia timber. So. And then uh, pecan, uh, what, talked about Michael a while ago, we lost twenty-eight thousand acres of oh. pecan trees in Hurricane Michael. That's put us, uh, set us back. Uh, normally, we would lead the nation in pecan, but we're, but they're they're coming back. With lots of uh, uh, lots of replantings, and that uh, ever-present. Uh, futuristic, positive attitude of a producer <laughs> is, is maybe, you know, like a Cubs fan. Wait, yeah. till ne- wait till next year. Hey,
0: yeah, as a Cubs fan, yes. I, I've been there. And right. uh, Braves as well, people, but but the Cubs. I You know, every year uh, I've got a lot of friends uh, from South Louisiana or, and around the country now, and, and Ellis Brothers down in South Georgia, uh, they get boxes of pecans from my family every year. And if I don't send them now, they get mad at
1: me. I'm kind yeah, of Brad, obligated. Brad's you know? got a great business, and wonderful family down there.
0: Yeah. Um, in fact, Donna Brazile, uh from CNN Fox now over at ABC. If I don't send her Ellis Brothers pecans for Christmas every year, uh, my my wife gets an angry note and I get in trouble.
1: <laughs> well, we, we we want to be sure uh, that uh, uh, the uh, Erickson household is uh, always a peaceful place. Yeah, absolutely. So you, yes. You, you keep, keep those orders coming.
0: Now, it, it, so if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Gary Black, the Commissioner of Agriculture in Georgia. When we come back, we've talked a lot about the ag industry. There's a lot going on. In this U.S. Senate race, uh, it, and I want to talk to you about other issues as well out sure. there, and how you see the land. We've got uh, we got about forty-five seconds to a minute here, though. Uh, how often are you out on the campaign trail now, in addition to doing your day job?
1: Well, I'm doing my day job twenty-four-seven, and seems like that's what we're doing on campaign too. But it, it's a blend, uh, and the trains are still running on time, and I've got a great team. But uh, but there's there's quite a bit at stake for the future of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot at stake for an 18 year month old uh, grandson that I'd love to have a country, and so that's that's one of the reasons of being in this race. But uh, up until uh, this morning would totally work. We were at Mountain View uh, High School with an AP Environmental Sciences class for uh, a, an hour. I taught them and uh, did some cool things, uh, and then a pharmacy opened out in Grayson. You've got to go mm-hmm. to pharmacy. F A R M A C Y. Uh, is a a great new uh, small farmers market slash local products uh, activity, a little Georgia-grown ribbon cutting Mm -hmm. this morning. And so that was in a great meeting with uh, with the Gwinnett Chamber Board today. So it's those kind of things every day. All uh, right. For sure. We will be back talking more issues here in
0: Georgia. Welcome back. I am in studio with Gary Black, the Georgia Commissioner of Agriculture, who is also running for the United States Senate. Now, we've talked a lot about agriculture, but it, there's and this issue in every interview that has come up, agriculture is obviously a big issue. Everybody wants to be on the ag committee. Everybody wants to be on the the um, the Armed Services Committee. Um, what other issues beyond agriculture are you encountering out there on the campaign
1: trail? Yeah, there's there's a there seems to be a lot of repetition on what right. everybody was saying, and 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 you know, Eric,
0: nobody's you got, ever said I want to be on the government oversight committee. John Ossoff's <laughs> already got that
1: locked down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that ought to be a nightmare for everybody listening. Uh, but uh, I, there there are two issues that I, I see, Eric, that if we don't solve them, it's not going to matter what committee you're on. And it's not going to matter what infrastructure the community of this nation is, or what healthcare is. Uh, I am absolutely con- uh, convinced that if we don't stop this invasion of the southern border, then uh, all is for naught. Uh, the second is a little bit of alliteration because obviously the inflation it's impacting everybody, every zip code, and making just what you look like, where you where you are, it's it's now uh, that in. Uh, you know, Adam Smith had the invisible hand of government and the wealth of nations. But you know what? There are other people's hands that are going deeper into our pocket now because of bad policies in this Biden administration. And I think Warnock is purely a, a, a yes man for all of it. And so I think we have to. Uh, those are two things I'm, I'm most focused on. I've been to the border twice. I've been with Custom and Border Patrol agents in the middle of the night. Uh, I've been in some pretty tough places. Uh, it's amazing to see, uh, literally, I mean, f- for the listeners to know, what, what you might see on Newsmax or, or Fox News still doesn't do it justice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Since October, over 900,000 people have crossed the border illegally. Those are the ones that we've apprehended. Mm-hmm. That number's over 14,000 from Russia now. Really? Gosh. And then a large influx from China. And this administration has just uh, turned our custom and border patrol agents into Disney World. They're like they're working for Six Flags. Welcome to Six Flags. You know, come on in. Mm -hmm. And then they process them. uh, And then they all get a court date. And then we all know that very few ever show back up. And they come to a community near every one of us. Uh, The 60,000-plus are the ones that they don't catch. And I I saw this first hand about— Uh, Eight weeks ago, 10 weeks ago, we were there. On Thursday afternoon, I was with CBP, and we escorted 41 folks in. Two of them were were from Turkey, Uh, and they claim asylum, seeking asylum, whatever. And and there's some tragic situations that you're sensitive to with children and little kids and all that kind of stuff. But then I was there when the radio went off, and the radio says, wait a minute, runners— at, at, at a certain coordinate about a mile and a half away. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what they do, they pull in groups, allow those to pass, CBP concentrates resources, and that leaves a hole and there's a gap. And that's where the fentanyl is coming from, that's where the human traffic is coming from. And those are the ones we don't catch. And so it, I, I'm just uh, very firm about the fact that we gotta build this wall. Uh, I'm very firm about the fact that we uh, have got to take steps in this administration, or through uh, act of law, whatever steps necessary. If I'm just if I'm just the megaphone for saying uh, designate the drug cartels as terrorist organizations, it should have already been mm-hmm. done, and we should be taking the terror to them. We should we should absolutely it gives us better control of their international mobility, seizing assets, or having you know more more aggressive in that area. Uh, because it's 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 uh, modern day slavery is going on at our southern border today, because uh, you know it's not that they the the, the folks the, the the boats or the rafts you see coming across that they, they paid to get across. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay the government. The government has nothing to do. That's a that's a shell game. It's the grub cartels that own that border, so they come up and they say, "If you're Mexico, you want to cross? Okay, that's twenty five hundred bucks." If you're from Russia, that's nine thousand dollars. If you're Guatemala, that's about five. So a man and his wife and two kids walk up from Guatemala in thirty days, and I say, we "Want to get across?" Okay, that's twenty grand. Okay, uh, well we don't have twenty grand. Well, l- l- we can make an arrangement for you. Where are, where's your family in Guatemala? Who, who who are they? Okay, let's make a contact. Okay, I've got that information. Now where are you headed? Minneapolis. You've got friends in Minneapolis. Okay, let's uh, let's get their cell phone number. Give me their contact because, see, you're going to pay the 20 grand. Mm-hmm. If that's not modern day slavery, I don't know what is. Right. And so it's got to stop. And uh, this nation of, uh, of just uh, lo- so we turned into a nation of suggestions. You know, please don't, you know, uh, not a nation of laws. We've got to restore that. that uh, the safety of our country. The security of the country, our homes, our families, the economy—everything hinges, I believe, on—and so providing leadership to that. If I'm just one voice, I'll be now, one voice to try to to try to get those other 59 to come along and say we have to fix
0: this issue. You're you're probably the perfect person to debunk this because we occasionally get callers who say this that the you know the the farmers down yeah. in South Georgia they they depend on these illegal I, immigrants, so there's no will to actually solve the problem.
1: It, 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 mythical and internet garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, are there people here working illegally in agriculture or in media or <laughs> in right. uh, auto parts stores? Y- yes, because uh, you know that some sift through like that. But Georgia's the largest user of H2A labor, uh, which means that's the legal way. And those folks come here, they do their job, and they go home. They're skilled. They're capable of doing it. Every farmer in Georgia would love to say, where's my sober, local drug-free, reliable worker from my community, and i hire them, and i hire them today. The, fi- the The problem is is that it's not existent. And so uh, I, I, we've uh, that program, uh, there's actually some changes that uh, President Trump made some very good uh, changes to H-2A uh, that uh, Biden rolled back when he got into office that I'd love to see some of those, those things corrected too. I've been working on immigration issues. Uh, first group of farmers I took to Washington was in 1997. And about all this changed is calendar. Hmm. And and, and if, I, if I can be the one voice to help nudge that forward, uh, I sure want to because I, I, I want our country protected. Uh,
0: now, the related issue to this, we are, I think for the first time I can recall, and I, I got to go back and check because there may have been a time in, in the 1900s when this was the case, but I, I don't believe where we do not have a... Member of the Senate from Georgia on the Armed Services Committee.
1: It's it's just a total abdication of responsibility from the current office holder, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we we uh, having that not just from a standpoint of relations with the with the military, but relations with the rural communities in Georgia, where the military is the largest employer, and then you have all the economic development takes place with respect to. That you know, that uh, of the linkages of different businesses, that's absolutely unconscionable mm-hmm. that we're not represented. Uh, that's where my ties and these gray hairs. I never served in the military. Raised, raised, uh, and I have deep, deep respect for everyone that has, and then two, two good friends who are in this race that served. Uh, uh, actually, three without uh, General McCollum uh, that uh, served. Uh, I mean, admirably and with with, with great honor, uh, but. Uh, I think we're in a situation where the gray hair actually matters. I've earned every one of mine, and <laughs> it comes to the wisdom, be able to make decisions, to weigh information, and then have that relational, that, that the building of, of what I've been able to do with relations uh, through the communities of Georgia, where uh, these uh, these facilities are so important, I think would be a great asset. Uh, and and certainly when it comes to, you say everybody wants to be on, uh, one of the folks, uh, uh, who, uh, let me just say it this way, I think it's one of the folks that you're not going to be able to interview because they won't won't come in and see you and they won't come in and and see anybody uh, or or join us on a debate or do anything like that, said at a meeting just a couple of weeks ago, I want to be on the Agriculture Committee because I know everything there is to know about agriculture. And that is one reason, folks, I'm asking you to vote for me because uh, of that uh, absolute bizarre response. That's one good reason. There's no wisdom in an answer like that. I don't know everything there is no about agriculture, but the leadership I've been able to provide and for rural communities and for this industry over forty years I think be a doggone good asset for the future of Georgia. Now,
0: Let's spend a, a moment here talking about the divide that's shaping up in Georgia. There used to be fairly much 50-50 urban-rural yeah. divide. Atlanta grows and throws off that balance. How do you, as, as you're already a statewide elected official, balance the needs and desires of an urban population with those of a rural population that feels left
1: behind? Well, Erica I, that's what I've been doing in my job. It, it's, it was one of the most uh, – well, the, the tragedies surrounding uh, 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 COVID – uh, I'll never forget the day that uh, my, my cell phone, not my landline, but my cell phone, because he has it. My, Mike Thurman, CEO of DeKalb County, is a is, is mighty good friend. We don't agree over some stuff, mm-hmm. but we, we're good friends. Uh, Mike called me and he said, uh, I got to have some help. He said, I've got my carers' money. I got to feed my people. And he said, I need a turnkey job. How, how do we do this? How do I get food boxes to my folks? I was able to work, make sure that we got Georgia-grown products in boxes put together by a Georgia-grown company that Mike Thurman paid a pay fair price for, and his folks in DeKalb County got a great product. And that happened during the spring, and I came alongside Mike Thurman out at Halford Stadium and put boxes inside in cars of folks that needed it. And we've done that and many more things. Working with school nutrition, I've worked with Atlanta uh, City Schools, other uh, other schools. Uh, we've we we've, we've changed the the face of uh, the way uh, school nutrition is approached. Working with Richard Woods at Department of Education and others. So that gets down to those those are helping families. Don't make a difference where they live because we we want to get good fuel inside the next generation of students. I just want it to be Georgia grown. It'll be <laughs> that creates a market opportunity for our folks and. Uh, again, I think there's some, certainly some things on the federal level that I could be very influential in, in uh, helping change change that landscape. But uh, we've uh, we are uh, I, I, my regulatory responsibilities are, are food safety, and every consumer in Georgia wants their food to say, to, keep it, to be safe, and and we've we've kept it that way. Every Georgia impacted by a storm like we talked about in, in Michael, that was just not agriculture, folks. We, we're we're there to make sure that. The trains keep running on time the fuels there and and uh, that our groceries uh, wonderful partners in the grocery store uh, business or uh, they're available to serve people so I've been fortunate to build a lot of those relationships that cross across uh, cut across party line cut across disciplines that are not just uh, uh, you know, the purity of agriculture, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they actually, uh, the things that impact your kitchen table in everyday life. And I've been fortunate enough to build those relationships that would be very helpful in this race. Already are proven so. And uh, uh, to my, uh, my buddy Mike, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we still talk. And I, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, when you talk about vote generating, uh, which is, I'm still one of those that believes the person with the most votes actually wins. Right. And I have been uh, successful in leading the ticket. The last three general elections, uh, I get the highest percentage of anybody on the ballot. Why? It's because we work with we work with everybody. Well, I solve problems. I I, I return phone calls. Uh, I, I don't have a uh, no staff gets up every day and puts me together. Uh, and, and that's what I'll do as United States Senator. I'll be a senator day one. I'll put a staff together. To put Georgia uh, that, that that works for Georgia. You won't have to worry about putting a you know electing a staff that doesn't live here to tell the senator what to do every day. Because I, I know Georgia and Georgia knows me, and those those are the kind of things that, that that'll be very helpful in this race. Does make a difference what the uh, 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 and, and cut across, you know, generating those votes in DeKalb and, and Cobb and uh, and Fulton are very important. We've generated more than anybody on the ticket in the last three general elections. That's going to pay off this time too.
0: When we come back, I'm going to cede the microphone to you completely to make, make your closing pitch to, to why. Before I get out of here, I got to tell people about Patriot Mobile, one of my great advertisers around the country, whether in rural Georgia or uh, urban Georgia where I travel. I get great cell phone service from them. You can too, and a portion of their profits goes to the conservative movement. You go to slash Eric, slash ERICK. You get free activation with my name. Uh, you get great discounts if you're a veteran first responder. You got a large household you're a teacher, you're an NRA member, they'll work with you. PatriotMobile.com. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you get free activation. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide from my flagship studio in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm joined by Gary Black. He's the commissioner of agriculture in Georgia. He's running. For the U.S. Senate, you got about eh, three minutes here by the clock, Gary. I w- want to give the microphone to you. Why you not them,
1: <laughs> Eric? Thank you, and to all your listeners, why why me not them? And uh, it's it's a matter of I think most Republicans in Georgia believe. It's very important to win an election. It's not just simply about firing Raphael Warnock. If I could fire him, I'd fire him today. But the only way you fire him is you have to win an election. I'm fortunate I've won three statewide elections by con, uh, considerable margins. That's a very big plus when you're considering who to vote for. If you look on the issues, we're all conservative. I'm pro-life 100%. Uh, and I've, uh, we, we, we go down the litany of those things. We've got to stop federal spending. I want to fix the border. I, 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 there are many of those things that get down to uh, issues. Are there much difference? We, you talk about serving on committees a while ago. Uh, yeah, everybody. Uh, everybody probably has the same desires, but it comes down, to, is, is this time for an experiment? You want to roll the dice and try to win or you want to win? And it comes to, if you can win, I win, I win, I win elections. I've been fortunate enough, people have trusted me to do this job and, and that track record is precisely what it's going uh, to take uh, to to defeat Raphael Warnock. want this race being about our nominee because our, I mean, if you don't want it about our nominee, if it's about our nominee's inexperience, about our nominee's deficiencies, then Raphael Warnock will never be held accountable. If I'm the nominee, it will be about the failed policies of Raphael Warnock and Joe Biden. And he will have to account for those votes. Uh, my record uh, is of serving Georgia. I don't have a record at the police department. And I don't want my nominee's record being prosecuted that way. Uh, I've, uh, I'm, I'm blessed from a standpoint of organization. We're organized in all 159 counties. I always have been. Uh, that's when it takes you look at uh, over half the sheriffs have endorsed me. They don't win an election for you, but they, they certainly are good to you know check up on you and say how good a job they do. Uh, I, I, I've told them a group this other night, I, I know that Calhoun, Georgia is a city and Morgan is a county. But there's not many I don't think anybody else in this race knows that Morgan, Georgia is the county seat of Calhoun County. And you're not going to win Georgia unless you know that. And unless you've got to be able to go uh, from Valdosta uh, to to Vienna and by, by the way, it's not Vienna, it's Vienna to Vinings and not have a map. Uh, and that that experience is what it's going to take to win this race and if Georgias want to win I've been been blessed to win and we'll win moving forward. Uh, we're right on those on the issues or, and solving this, uh, the problems and related to this invasion. Uh, getting federal uh, government uh, money, uh, federal spending under uh, under wraps uh, will be one of the steps towards uh, solving the inflation problem. Returning to energy independence is another one of those that will help solve that problem as well. Uh, but having that trusted experience. Is, is exactly what it's going to take to win. So I would I would say just as you're hiring somebody at church or hiring somebody to work here at WSB, uh, there are four things that you're going to do. It's real simple. Number one, you're going to do a background check. Google's a very powerful tool. I ask you folks, check everybody and check me, I'll, I'll pass. Number two, check your references. I just mentioned the sheriffs. Uh, former Governor Deal, uh, Congressman Doug Collins, uh, Congressman Lynn Westmoreland, somebody, good friends, Again, they'll win an election for me, but they'll tell you how good a job I do. And local county commissioners, those kind of folks we've had work, a chance to work with, that matters. Uh, number three is, do the things you say, are they truthful? So I think telling the truth is really important. I think there's some challenges in this race of folks telling the truth. Uh, and uh, i am uh, uh, you look at my website, those are the kind of those things that I wrote, and I believe them. Uh, but the last is this. It's a job. It's a job. So uh, check the job description. Do the skills match the job description? And who would you hire? I'm asking you folks to hire me. It's Gary Black. Um, votegaryblack.com is my website. I'm honored to be with you today, and I'm honored to ask everyone for your vote.
0: Gary Black, Commissioner of Agriculture. Thank you very much.